Welcome to Business Unfiltered, where we dive into the raw and unfiltered world of running a business with Mercer and Jeff Sauer. Grab a seat for this unfiltered journey into the world of entrepreneurship. This is Business Unfiltered. Welcome back. It's Mercer here with Jeff Sauer. Today, we are talking about keeping your SOPs up to date. So Jeff, this is the part where we're going to define these things. I'm going to throw this over to you. So two things. One, I guess just a quick review of SOP when we say SOPs, what we're thinking about. And two, what do you mean by up to date? Yeah. So SOPs by definition is a standard operating procedure. It is the, let's call it the operating manual for your business and specific parts of your business. And so you may have SOPs to do any number of functions in the business. If you want to learn about our definition of that topic overall and get more depth on it, go to episode number five, where we talked about this. Um, and then, you know, so, so that's what an SOP is. It's, it's, it's called the operating manual of your business. And then the next thing is just why do you need to keep them up to date and, and how does that work? Well, basically, you think about it, if you created an operating manual for your business in the year 2000, your operating manual would say how to, how to answer phones, how to, you know, how to double, dial on to Prodigy. Um, accessing the World Wide Web, there'd be stuff like that, right? Um, how to use your BlackBerry. So those are all things that would be out of date. So at some point, you create that manual, it's instantly out of date as soon as you create it. And so I want to, we're going to talk about how do you, how often should you update this and and how do you make that work? Is that how you think about it as well, Mercer? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it really just a step-by-step process is kind of any SOP for me. And then the up-to-date part of it is um, almost the harder part because I think it's it's when it's still useful, right? Like how do you keep them useful is how I'm translating that into my head. And that doesn't always, in my, you know, at least for me, doesn't always mean technically up-to-date because let's face it, a lot of these tools change where you know, the login button goes from left to the right. Does it mean you have to redo your whole SOP because now the login button's on left to right? Or can you just say, log in and somebody will figure that out, right? You don't need to go change a screenshot to that level of detail. So I think part of it is, is making sure the SOPs, you know, so SOP is just a standard, you know, step-by-step process. And then that up-to-date meaning useful. And that's how I'm thinking about it. So when you're doing your SOPs, because that's what's going to happen, right? You could do something like with Google Analytics as a perfect use case scenario where, okay, well, here's how you set up a thing in Google Analytics. And that could be something as large as like creating an account, which recently changed, right? Like how you create an account is very different than what it used to be, you know? So at a certain point, the old create account process, completely different screenshots, completely different steps, completely different way of thinking. You got to adjust the, the SOP. Um, but when, when do you decide like, okay, now, cause that takes time, effort, and energy that, that, you know, barely people are even creating SOPs and then they have to go and update them. It's like, when do you do all of that? Why do you do all that? How do you, how do you determine that? So how do you think about it? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a challenge and anybody who says it's not a challenge is, is fooling themselves. Um, it adds a lot of overhead to your organization and you have to make a decision. Does that amount of overhead actually save you time in the end, or does it add more overhead? right? Redoing a video or a, well, we do video courses, but redoing an SOP on logging into Google Analytics, pulling every screenshot down. If it's something that you're using internally and you set up a Google Analytics account every three months, every time, you know, you, you don't do it that often. I would not sink a lot of time into, into updating it because it doesn't really matter what the screenshot looks like. And in fact, for setting up an account, I probably wouldn't put screenshots in there. I think that's a, that's another debate I have is should you put screenshots into an SOP? Are you are you teaching when you're doing this thing or are you doing a checklist? Because the checklist right. is often more sufficient to say these things. And then also 
where does this reside? And this is something that I'm, I'm still trying to navigate and we're doing a better job of it here internally, but it's like, what's the difference between an SOP, a project plan and, um, and your, and like a, a planning document that you have in place? What's the difference? You know, a project plan sort of outlines the broad strokes. It says, Hey, you need to set up something on the website, or you need to create the product in our, in our product platform, or you need to do that. You need to do this activity. Project plan outlines those steps. The SOP is sort of how you do that individual step. Well, if you're working with professionals and you're doing it like every, you, you do a project once every month or two, are you really going to document every step that professional's doing, or are you just going to let them go ahead and do that? Right. Um, my general rule is you only need an SOP if you're bringing in a lot of outside people, if you're bringing in, or if you're bringing in new people to your company and you don't want to have to explain that thing over and over again. So it's like, if you're doing this thing over and over again, you should definitely make it an SOP and you should keep it as up to date as it needs to be. So that the person running it gets the outcome they're looking for. And that's something that, you know, for me, the answer is simply the person who's doing the work now records the SOP the first time. The person who's doing the work next time writes the SOP um, from a video or whatever they're doing. And then they're the person who keeps it up to date. And then they're, they're, it's sort of like a paying it forward thing where they're, they're keeping it up to date for if they ever need to hand it over to somebody else. And so that's usually, you know, keeping it up to date is sort of an indicator that you're not going to have that person working on it forever. Um, they're going to be handing it over at some point. Would you, do you have any of those distinctions? Do you, do you attach SOPs to every task on a project plan and then ha worry about keeping it up to date? Or do you put more trust into the individual? They're going to, they're going to roll with the punches a little bit more. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a yes. And I think for us, um, because the, to, to your point around, you know, screenshots in the beginning, like those look great. And there's lots of these little AI bots that are out there now. So oh, we'll help you do your SOPs and you're just going to go through and they sort of just record these things and spell them out. And you got all these nice screenshots and it looks awesome. Um, but then nobody ever uses them because they're just too freaking long sometimes. And it's much faster just good to go through the process because you can figure out how to click the login button without having to see where the login button is on an ebook, right? So I think there's some of that stuff where it's like you're capturing too much. So we'll pull back and be like, is this something we are going to, we need to update? Like, do we need to tell people where the login button is because it's that hard? Maybe that's a, a use case for some software for some reason, in which case, okay, we're going to have to do that. Um, but if we don't, we won't. We'll just say like, log in. Right. Step one, log in. Let's not define it and take a picture of it, because if we do, that's one more piece we have to update. And unless we have a purpose for that, then why create the update? It doesn't need it. The second bit about that goes into what you were talking about, where these things live. So for us, um, we've sort of moved away uh, from the Google Drive with all the million SOPs in it broken down by however, you know, kind of like a library. Right of SOPs more toward the, uh, the steps that are necessary for the thing that we're talking about. So if we're doing like a, um, a, a, a video workshop that we're uploading to the YouTube, right? So for a, like a Wednesday typical workshop that we're doing, we'll do this. We'll have a, a, a essentially kind of a, a task that's created for that specific workshop that has all the details about how a workshop gets done. It's already in the task. So because it's already there, all the steps from the last time a workshop was there was copied over. So that's there. So now whoever's doing the workshop, whether it's me or somebody else, they are using the current SOP. They all know we have a thing called taking out the trash here, um, but they basically know like if there's something wrong with it, if it didn't quite work or it could be improved, they should. The reason we call it taking out the trash is because like if you're walking down the park, 
right? Some, some nice area doing a little hike around the woods and you see a candy bar wrapper. Like for me, it's like, leave it better than you left it, right? Like take out the trash. Like if you see yeah. it there, I know it's not your candy bar wrapper. Yes, they should have thrown it out, but they didn't, whatever. Maybe it blew from 500 miles away. It's on your path now. Take it out. Make this make the world just a little bit better because you cross paths with it. And I think that's the same thing that we try to instill with our with our SOPs and these tasks. Every time you cross the task, you know it's not like it's the only time you're doing a workshop. We're gonna we do these things repetitively, right? Which is where SOPs really shine. So the net when you do it, if somebody's not putting in their URL and you need the URL, then put in the URL. If they didn't, if they forgot to put the description in the YouTube video correctly, then change that task so the next time that SOP says, oh, here's an example of a description, make sure it contains these components, you know, um, and improve the process. So for us, we try to make the SOPs, uh, using that term kind of loosely, because it's more just like directions for the stuff that everyone's trying to do. But we try to keep those a living, breathing document. So they are constant. So it's almost like they can't, they don't have to be updated because they're constantly updated. They're just, that's how it works. Yeah. Um, and so we, so we just sort of made it like an automated system and we don't really have the, the, um, big giant SOP that, uh, somebody pulls off, you know, the dusty book, you blow off the dust off the shelf in the ancient library. Like we don't really have SOPs like that, that are used so infrequently that they have to be like, they're basically out of date. And if, and if we did, to be honest, I think we probably did starting out, but they were so out of date so fast that it became something we didn't have to SOP. We're like, this is, this is ridiculous. You have to recreate it every time because of how infrequently you do this thing. But anything that's frequently done is, is living in the task, uh, typically the task description or maybe some checklist items or subtasks within that. But that's where everything lives. And everybody understands as a, as a team culture that we're here to take out the trash. So if somebody sees yeah. a little something that can be improved, they will take 30 seconds to improve it, or at least that's what that's what the theory is. Yeah, I like that a lot. Taking out the trash, I it's sort of like the broken windows theory with with like the subway cars and like if they have paint on them and, and like from one of those books like Malcolm yes. Gladwell or something like that. You know, definitely, and and it's you know you do it everywhere. If you see garbage, you pick it up, and and the world is a better place. And there's no ego about it. I think that's a good way right. to go about it. And to build, bake it into your culture is awesome. I, I really think that's a good way to go about it. Um, I, I have you, as you were talking, I was, I was sort of thinking the same thing is that you can't SOP your senior team because it's varied and you're paying them to think not to document. So right. the only reason why you need to SOP what they're doing is if it's so mature and so redundant that you can hand it over. And so I think it's as good of a practice as, as SOPing is handing over the redundant tasks to somebody who is more qualified or actually less qualified than the person doing it but more qualified and more compensated for that task. You know, so like one, one example is um, I have a team member who is, is pretty senior and she started out doing a lot of things like setting up calendar invites and, and managing, you know, inviting people to our live streams and managing my calendar to a certain extent. And, and she was pretty good at it, but it ended up being the last thing she'd want to do once she got other more advanced duties on top of her. And so then it's like, oh, these things are, are slipping behind. It's like, well, let's just get that off of your plate. Let's just move that to somebody else. It's very easy to do that. And so the way that we kept that SOP up to date is not a document. It's not paper because we didn't really have time to paper it. Honestly, it was I did a video of how I, we did a meeting or a video of how I want the, the calendar events to happen and to do it. She internalized it. She started doing it that way, made her own list of things to go through the, the, the steps, which is her process document. And then when she was ready to hand it over, she just does a video of, hey, here's how we do this thing to the next person. 
And so you yeah. can do it in a way where you're not creating a lot of paper. It can just simply be a video. And actually, I think a video for knowledge workers, for things that you're not doing every single, that you're not doing as frequently, but there's the, you need the attention to detail. A video is better than a document, in my opinion. Um, just a simple video, five minutes walking through something. It's, it's the equivalent of five hours building a document that, that nobody's going to look at. So sometimes a video is your SOP. And so in that case, um, to answer the how often do you keep it up to date, I would say at handover, right? At handover to the next person, because that's what you're trying to do. Like you're not creating a process to run yourself because you know what you're doing, right? As the owner, you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for the next person and then the next person can pay it forward. So I, I look at it almost more of like a, like a pay it forward system for keeping these things up to date. Would you, would yep. you do something similar? I mean, it sounds like it's pretty similar to your taking out the trash as well. Penny. Yeah, it, it is in that it's a, it's a culture, right? I think there has to be like, it can't be one person in your company who cares about keeping SOPs up to date. And nobody else does like, cause I, and I, and I talk a lot about this with my team cause it is, it is not an easy thing, um, to, to get that idea of, um, because everyone's going a million miles a minute. No one's sitting there going, oh, I'm just going to leave the trash there. No one's making that decision. What they're saying is, I'm busy. I got a million things going on right now. I'll take care of it later. They're well-intentioned. They're going to take out the trash, but they're not. They're going to move on to the next task and the next new thing in their day, and they're going to forget, right? Because they're using memory. So we try to make sure that the system doesn't require memory. Like you don't have to remember to do anything. So when that time comes and you see something, you're like, to your point, the video they're watching says, oh, you know, click here, then click here, then click here. Then they go into this new platform and the platform has been updated. So they move things around and that video is no longer relevant. Congratulations. You're the one who now creates that new video, Like <laughs> right? You're doing it anyway. You're going to figure it out. The other person doesn't know because they didn't, you know, they didn't have the new platform. So you're going to figure it out. So while you're there figuring it out, and once you do create a quick video, hey, just FYI, here's how you now do this. You click here, then you click here, and then you click over this one weird spot here. Cool. Do that fast little video it takes a minute and you're doing the work anyway. That's the point is it's not, and this is what we're trying to emphasize with the team. It's not, I'm adding seven hours of work to your day. I'm adding a minute and a half of extra time to that one task that needed the update. It does not take long to update. And mentally it feels like a dump truck of information we have to do when we're doing an update, but actually going through the task is about a minute and a half. It's super fast to be like, Oh, Hey, FYI, uh, this video is out of date. Now look for the purple buttons that are on the right. Even if you couldn't recreate a video, you at least put that note in there. It says, Oh, now I'm just look at purple. Oh, that's, I see what they're talking about. Now you've helped somebody make it better. Maybe they've got time to then take it across the finish line and make a video. Right. Um, so that's, that's the kind of stuff that I think it becomes, it has to be a cultural and that's top-down leadership. If we're not inspecting for that, if we're not asking for that, I'll give you a true case in, in a, probably about, uh, 10 or 15 minutes from now, I'm going to be on another meeting with my team, right? Uh, kind of a, a kickoff meeting that we do on our daily calls. I'm going to be meeting with them to one of the things I'm going to be on the lookout for is listening for how they handled a situation that happened with them yesterday. One person was editing a video who doesn't traditionally edit videos. So they know very simple edits. The person who's a video editor, they had a question on get, you know, a, a slightly more advanced edit. They didn't, they just didn't know how to do. So they were asking the video editor and the video editor was out. So my question, and I know they're going to have to do this type of edit again. I know it. Like this is a skill set they're going to have to have for other things that they're doing editing for. What I'm going to be listening for as the manager, as the team lead, is how well did the team integrate and transfer that knowledge? Is that sitting in the task now that says, oh, here's how you do this? 
right? Or did that person just go, oh, I know how to do this. That's great. And they didn't leave breadcrumbs behind so that somebody else could be taught later. Yeah. And I'm and I'm very curious on what happened with that. Did we just what we call patch the system? And that's how I reference. I'm like, hey, we just patched the system. We didn't fix the we didn't fix it. We patched it. In other words, you're putting like tape over the red light in your dashboard instead of just changing your oil, right? Or putting more oil in the engine if that's the problem. So we have to address the problem. So I'm going to be and that's as a manager. That's how I'm I'm managing to make sure that SOPs are updated because that is a true example of when one should have been updated. Like, hey, we needed a little more information around. Hey, there's two types of it's here you do this and here's a quick little video that shows you how to do this even if it's a youtube video they found that shows the technique perfect they can put that in there so that somebody else who will presumably have that question in the future already has the answer because somebody blazed the trail ahead of them and that's and i think as a leadership going back to making sure they stay up to date it's up to us like it's up to us as the team leads as the leadership teams to make sure they stay up to date the people won't do it on their own because they're going to be too busy and they're not going to see the payoff. Why am I spending my time writing down a book for somebody who doesn't even part of the company yet? For somebody who's eventually going to come behind me maybe yeah. one day. I got stuff I got to do today. So they're well-intentioned. I'm not blaming them at all. But that's why it has to be top down. It's not going to be bottom up, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Like As we, as we were going through this today, we, we set up to record and, and I went through my little list of things that I think we need to change in order to make this podcast work better. And and I've been making changes to our sheet. And so you were just, you were talking about the collaborative environment. I think one thing is that not keeping stuff up to date is a legacy thing. It's, it's a, from a yeah. world of docs living on somebody's computer, like a Google, like the Microsoft suite, it's like a doc is a doc and it's, and yeah. you create your version, they have their version. Versioning is a reason why things don't get kept up to date, but now there's really no excuses. Like I used to like, when I recorded courses, I, I was a PowerPoint holdover until like last year. Um, and, and I would have these PowerPoint files. And if I want to update it for the next year, I'd have to update every single PowerPoint file. Then I had the old ones and the new ones. And then still who would know it's on there, right? And then there'd be like yeah. the version of the person who was afraid to step on my toes. So they would save a version. Now we're over on Google Docs and Google Slides. And it's like, oh, it just happens. Like we, we update it and it's updated forever. And so yeah. now it takes, you know, it might take you, five hours to create a slide deck, it takes you five minutes to update it, but now it's up to date, right? So you can, that's that's a, a way of, that's an example of keeping things up to date. Even this episode title, I just changed the name of it to, to keeping SOPs up to date. Now you can see that I changed it because, you know, we, we, we are talking, we had originally, we had these things as question marks. Now we're making them more statements. And so we did that. Well, now everybody has that thing, right? So we're, you yeah. and I are constantly making little changes to, to do things. I changed the, the, the topical thing so we can we can have more options in here because I want to talk about some lifestyle stuff. So we're making these changes and that's reflected with you and me and as we go forward and it's reflected, you know, we have an SOP for the podcast. As people change, as things move around, we'll change that around. Um, but, but now we can streamline the delivery of this thing. Three weeks ago, we didn't have that. So even on this stuff, it's like basically the way that I look at it is like buying your time back slash getting it out of your headspace. So an SOP yeah. is a way to get some things out of your headspace, but then the culture of updating it, keeping it up to date is really important. Now, one of the traps that I fall into, Mercer, I want to see if this happens to you too, is that I use SOPs a little bit too much to educate. It's more of like how to do it and checking off a list. And so that's part of the thing is that the reason why I'm really, why I don't create them maybe as often is because I it's like half teaching, half doing. How do you feel about, you know, do you think that's a mistake 
to try to teach inside the document? Should teaching be separate? Should teaching be in your original video and the SOP is just the checklist? Because it sounds like when you're putting screenshots into yours, you're actually having a teaching element in it too. How much is the responsibility of this document to teach people how to do the job versus just to make sure they do it the same way every time? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think the premise between the two, so we will create our SOPs. So I'll, I'll answer the first question. For, we do do it for teaching, but it's because some of these SOPs that we're doing when we do that are for the students. They go in our student memberships as well. Yep. So yes, and, right? You are, we, we create them for us to learn how to do this, and we use it as a teaching document. But to, the, to your point, it's the teaching stuff that goes out of date the fastest. Mm -hmm. So it's the hardest one to keep up to date. So because we're a training company, we're kind of a little more built probably than the average company is for that. Um, so I wouldn't, but to your point, I wouldn't use it as a teaching document if it was just us. If we can repurpose it and throw it in the members area and, and have another guy that a member could use as a resource, then great, we'll do that. Otherwise, we do revert a lot to checklists. Like um, we had one recently where the, you know, the WordPress site's being updated all the time, but some of the plugins, you know, sometimes they just disconnect themselves and they're not automatically updated. You got to go back and get the original change log from the plugin vendor to make sure that the update's happening because there's there can be a disconnect sometimes. It happens now. Um, and so adding that, so our, our WordPress update task became, instead of just like update WordPress, it's like, well, we can't really trust that WordPress is fully updated. You now also have to go through these key plugins, click on the change log and make sure that that's there. So those details, and this, this is as, as rough as the SOP would get for us, but I think still think it's useful at that point. The steps are, okay, update WordPress core, update the plugins automatic way. Second step, go to these sites, right? The change logs are in there, click, click. They can go find the version of the number to make sure the plugin's the right version or if it's up to date compared to the current version. If they need to update, they update. If they don't, they don't. But they added that in the description. Now, the next week, go through the WordPress updates. And I specifically ask, because again, this has to be top down. This is how this is where management comes in. So I ask, oh, hey, out of curiosity, how the plugin updates go. And the person who's responsible for that goes, ah, I forgot that part again, right? Because they're used to doing the updates for years this other way, let's say, right? They're very ingrained habit. I understand that. But what I hear, right, is, okay, they're not using the description. They're putting the details there. The details were there. It said it in the description. They missed it. So I do, I have two options. One is I go, we'll try better next time. Right. And that's not acceptable to me. I'm like, that doesn't, you don't get a second yeah. chance. No, get yeah. me wrong. I'm not going to fire them I'm saying you don't get a second chance. Your system was memory and you used memory and that's right. unacceptable. So because you used memory, you forgot to do this. That's what, how I know you were using memory because you forgot. So that's it. You, you use memory. If you have to remember to do something or you forget to do something, that's memory system. Memory systems suck. They're horrible. So we yeah. try to get eradicate them. So what we did is we said, okay, now we need to reinforce the system because you missed the description. That one time doesn't matter. That means it's going to happen again. Not yeah. a matter of if, it's how many times. So now we've added an additional checklist that has to be completed, checked off and shown progress before that task can be done. In other words, it forces them to slow down. Yeah. Which is the whole point. So now they have to, they have the description, they go through, they now have a, have to click a button that says, I have done this, I have done this. And yes, I checked for this one, this one, and this one. And now we have updated WordPress sites and it slows them down a little bit, but let's face it, probably 37 seconds slower. It's yeah. not that much slower. And they are doing the job 
and they are finding other things. Now that they've sort of crossed that bridge, right? They now think differently about this. They, they are actually using the SOP. They've integrated it. It is a useful way of using the SOP. And if they find other plugins that are starting to do that, they'll throw them in there. And they'll be like, cool, I know what to do. I'm going to add a checklist item for that. And I'm going to throw in the description. So it's easy for me to, what we call fingertip friendly, just to get the job done. All my stuff is in the one place. Um, that's the other thing I wanted to mention very quickly, because then you were, when you were describing it, I just think it worth, it's, it's necessary in order to make these things up to date, that you only have one place for them. Um, and I think that's what you were talking about. You're emphasizing Google Drive and the Sheets and, and all the other stuff that we're currently doing. We're the same way. There's one place to talk about something. There can't be, oh, well, here's the task which talks about this one thing, but then there's this SOP that's in the library that talks about the rest of the stuff. And then there's this other place where we keep a list of reference tasks that have you know other usernames or whatever else people need that they're doing that. And if you have everything scattered, it's gonna be damn near impossible to keep it updated. It's just, it's, you're just gonna lose. So instead you keep it in one place that way everyone knows where to look. And if that one place is in the task itself where the, it's actually being acted upon, it's in the place where they're most likely going to come across it more often than not. The more yeah. eyeballs that are using it, the more likely it is to be updated because the eyeballs will naturally want to start doing that, especially if that's your corporate culture that you're pushing down top down from a management perspective. So I think that having it in one place is absolutely necessary. And I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, no, organization is key here. And I'll, I'll admit some guilt on this is that I think that it's not just not just one place, it's a role that is in charge of enforcing it. So if everybody creates their own SOPs and they do it on their own drive um, and you don't even use like a shared drive or something like that, it, yeah. it's really challenging because where do these things exist and how do you enforce it? So we definitely have shared drives, but even that got out of hand. Like we had too many of them and it wasn't very clear. So our, our latest, one of our latest projects is to have a master sheet with, with the SOPs linked to them, but then also a structure and a naming convention that sort of tells you where they are. So like the 1000 list is, is your first day at the company. Your 2000 is the brand standards and who we are as a company, mission, vision, value stuff. And then you get into more tactical stuff, like how to do these, these individual roles. Yep. That and that's organ, I guess you can call it organizational structure. Um, not like your org chart, but your organizational structure, it, it means that that's how we do things. And that's the standard we put in place. And everybody will follow that standard if you define it. If you don't define it, if you don't start from day one with people, then they're going to do their own system from their old job. You just mentioned that, like they're going to go back to memory or how they used to do it. And frankly, most companies don't put this much time and effort into it because <laughs> they, well, there's, there's technical debt, you know, like they've, they've, they had that system forever and then they moved to a new one and they never finished it. They're, they're, it's sprawling. Um, there's different departments have different standards and things like that. So I definitely, one of our scaling tactics is not even to think about scale later, it's to scale sooner, right? And that is, if you see a broken window, you fix it. If you see graffiti, you paint over it. Otherwise, it's a place you don't want to live in. You see garbage on the ground, pick it up, right? So um, haven't always done a great job of that, but I'm, I'm making some major investments in that in my team, um, working with my assistant, working with our team to really define these things so that anybody who comes in will get the new way of doing things. And anybody who's been around for a long time, they actually appreciate it too, because it just codifies what they've been doing. It validates what they've been doing and it, it gives them validation, right? And it gives yeah. them more, more of that. So it's, it's harder to convince the old team to make changes, but 
if they if you champion it enough and you you give them the purpose, they will attach themselves to it as well. So there is a lot of good that comes from it. Um, and, and honestly, it's an investment. That's actually a better investment is a clear organizational structure and enforcement of rules than updating screenshots in an SOP, right? So and I think that's, you know, you and I are founders, owners of companies. Those broad strokes are going to give us more effort for our time than, than the individual docs and stuff like that. But that's why you have a team because the team, they, they're sort of nodes of you, right? You set the culture, you are the culture. And then those things are branches that come out there. And so whatever you set forward is not necessarily something that you have to do yourself, but it's how other people are going to do it. And so you are the, the culture of your company. And if you say, this is what we want to do, you know, take out the trash, um, it really makes sense, right? So I'm I'm adjusting to not to sort of not doing that enough and making it more implicit, more memory based, like you said, versus explicit. Um, next step is to make it explicit and and start with anybody who joins the org. This is who we are now. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I wrote down a a new topic for a future podcast too of kind of getting old dogs to learn new tricks. Like, how do you deal with older team members who are just been ingrained and they've got that legacy architecture, and yet you're trying to evolve the company to this new level, which especially with small businesses will happen because you yeah. sort of have to go through these different plateaus. And how do you adjust your team and and uh, get team members to move from you know the, the A to B people aren't necessarily ones that still get you to point C, D, or E uh, yeah. in dealing with that. So I, I love that as a topic. Um, I also I'm really curious to to go back and listen to these podcasts you know years from now because i think that you and i are both the type of people i know you are um i i i hope that you would assume i am um but the type of people who who aren't going to be like no this is what i said so i'm going to double down on what it is it's like okay this is what i used to think i tried it it didn't work that well i'm trying something new i'm going to take some of the stuff that i'm learning from you on this podcast and i'm going to apply it on our company and be like hey i used to think this and it turns out it's jeff was right it actually works better these ways and and to be able to have those conversations about how we're evolving uh, i think is also a great example because I, there's potentially there's too many people out there talking about how they know everything about everything yeah. all the time and i'm just get irritated with that and there's not enough people going here's what i currently think now that is subject to change because i'm going to have new data and learn new things and i'm going to change i know i'm going to change my mind i believe you're going to change your mind about certain some of these things we both might believe this now and then a year from now I'll be like i can't believe we said that on that <laughs> podcast like but i'm looking forward to those moments because that's what shows the growth of how things adjust and change and truly it is the sausage being made at that yeah. point. And that's what makes a business happen. So I'm excited for everybody to be you know, on the adventure with us and equally excited to be on the adventure uh, with you. Yeah, so, I love it. I mean, just, just to weigh in on that for just a second is I, I've learned on this episode, like some of the, like the taking out the trash is something everybody can, like I might live it myself, but I've never said that to my team. Um, I'll probably have to come up with a different one because I don't want to yeah. steal everything. But yeah. um, that is, that's very valuable. And it's actually helped me like, just, just so people know, I changed during this episode and I hope you might as well. Like we come into these episodes, we don't know what we're going to talk about and we just go and I learn something every one. And sometimes I'm, I change it immediately. So it is cool. And I think, you know, I'm evolving in this episode. I can only imagine a year from now if we revisit some of these things. I'm excited I'm for the both of us. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, on that note, uh, we will go ahead and wrap up this topic on keeping 
SOPs up to date. As Jeff had mentioned, he's picked up a trick or two. I have definitely picked up a trick or two. Um, even talking stuff out helps helps you to kind of codify. So, you know, hopefully you can, you've picked up a, a thing or two, uh, listener. And just the, the fact of being able to teach it to somebody else, share what you've learned here on the Businesses Unfiltered and, uh, and going into that and saying, okay, I've, I learned a thing or two about how to think about SOPs. We were doing this. We weren't doing that. Here's what I think we're going to be able to do. Maybe talk to somebody else, another business leader that you have, you know, about what you've heard on the Business uh, Unfiltered podcast about how they are doing with SOPs because we love to hear back uh, from others. So definitely take advantage to do that. Uh, share the podcast. Uh, if you've learned a trick or two, we're always happy uh, with that as well. And with that, we will officially wrap up this episode and look forward to seeing you on the next one. Take care. And that's a wrap for today's episode of Business Unfiltered with your hosts, Mercer and Jeff Sauer. Be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, and tell a friend what you've learned today. Want to connect? Visit us at businessunfiltered.fm. This has been Business Unfiltered, always unapologetically honest.